and welcome to Unashamed, a smut lovers podcast where we just want to talk about smut. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Courtney. And today we are doing another read-along. Woohoo! So excited for this one. We are reading Thorn Princess by LJ Shen. If you've been a listener for a while, then you know that we're big LJ Shen fans already. Um, I just, I don't think we've done a read-along on any of her books yet. No, I don't think so. So, this is big for me, at least. I'm excited. I am, too. It looks like it's a bodyguard slash celebrity Hollywood princess romance. Uh, I saw, like, the, you know, titles of some of the reviews. They said that it's really fast-paced. And the trigger warning... Seems like it's going to have some dark themes in it. And it's so, enemies to lovers as well. Yes. So uh, trigger warning it is going to have dark themes, including rape, non-con, dupe, dub con, and CNC, which is consensual non-consent. Uh, yeah, so it sounds like she was getting a little wild child, and her dad gave her an ultimatum, told her that she needed to get a bodyguard, and then the bodyguard was trying to get her to clean up her act. And in turn, maybe she can save him is kind of what the blurb says. So I, I just know LJ Shen is a fantastic author. I've read every single one of her books and I always read them as soon as they come out. So yeah, we're recording this the day that it released. You'll get it in a couple weeks, I think, is when this will release for you. Yeah, so exciting. Yeah, I, I'm stoked. I'm ready. I already have our midway point bookmarked. It's chapter 12. Oh, hold up. Wait for me. <laughs> I was doing a little research and reading the blurb while you were getting on. Uh, yeah, I love Elder Shen. I mean, there's not a whole lot. She doesn't really let you down. And she gives a really good amount of angst. So. Yeah, just like the right amount for me anyways. Yep. All of her books have, have something in them that will get you. I know I read, we didn't do a read-along on the last book that she re- uh, that she released, but I read it with my mom, and we were just, like, texting each other back and forth the whole time. My mom is an audiobook listener, so she takes her much longer to finish than it does me. Yeah, I'm really excited. Same. I didn't read the last book LJ Shen came out with, but... No, you're a scaredy cat. I know. Sometimes LJ Shen has not too much angst, but I just don't want to go through it. And because she's the kind of author that, like, knows which buttons to hit, I guess. Mm-hmm, and for so sure. I, I avoid I avoid it when I'm in a certain mood. So, but I am really excited for this one. I do like enemies to lovers sometimes. And I think I'm just excited we're finally doing an LJ Shen book. Me and too. On a read along. It's, it's been- one of those it's one of those things that like we both have read all of her books. Well, I'm assuming you've read all of her books. I think you have. Um yeah, everything but the last one, yeah. Yeah. And then Courtney didn't want to read that one. The the Blurb on that one, I will say, was a little misleading, so I don't blame her. If it would have been a different author, 
that had a book released with that blurb, I probably wouldn't have read it either. But I'm a one-click for LJ Shen every single time. I don't even usually read the blurbs for her books. <laughs> I'm just I just dive in as soon as one comes available. So yeah, she just she's the not the first, but one of the very first authors that I read once I started reading Smut. And really, LJ Shen is the reason why I'm such a big lover of romance books. I'm very appreciative of her. She was there for me in some dark times, man. <laughs> so I'm I'm really, I'm jazzed. I'm ready to get into it. I am too. All right. So if there's nothing else. I don't uh, think so. All right. If you are reading along with us, go ahead and read to chapter 12 and pause here. Okay, we're back. Yes. Um, this book I, is so good. It is. I didn't like it at first. And it was because of her. Yeah. I usually don't go into a book, especially an LJ Shin book, and dislike the female main character. But she was written to be unlikable. Yes. No, I know that. Uh, but... And really, it was like this one sticking point for me. It wasn't really the being vapid or whatever, because you kind of go into the book knowing that from the blurb. But uh, it was the whole, like, obviously, I'm a Nepo baby. And, like, my mom and dad take care of my bills and stuff like that. And I'm not saying she doesn't have a valid reason to resent them. Now that we're more into the book, I, I you know, she definitely has a valid reason to resent them. It was the way she talks about, like, everyone around her like in her circle like the two models that she was with I'm like yeah they were dumb probably nepo babies whatever that's fine they were vapid and you know but it was the best friend Keller so she makes oh, yeah. me and she's like oh you know Kel we both have jobs quotation quotation like Keller owns a juice bar but really, we're just like, mommy and daddy are paying both of our bills. And Keller has said to her more than once, he was like, no, I actually have a job. I go and I find fresh produce and I make up recipes. And, you know, like he's trying to explain. He was like, I have a real life job. And she's yeah, like, no, 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 of course. And he goes to an Airbnb like once a month and hangs out. And that's his job. And it's just, like, there was that one sticking point. Because I was, like, what a selfish bitch that, like, you don't pay attention to the fact that, like, your friend has a real job. Yeah, who was saying, like, I own the company. If I don't do things, things don't get done. Like, I go to quarterly meetings and I run budgets and, like, I do all these things for my company. Like, it's a real job. Yeah, and, and she, she explains like, that it's yeah, okay. going. Yeah, She's like, yeah, he just goes and hangs out by a pool at an Airbnb once a month. Like, oh, that was gross. <laughs> yeah, she, I mean, she was written to be unlikable in the beginning until you started pulling back her layers and you realize that she's had to put on this mask for so long that it was starting to become who she was. But that's not who she actually is. She just doesn't. That's true. And I like her a lot more now. Yeah, she, well, because, so Ransom is, like, not falling for her bullshit. So we just found out, well, we, I think we all knew, but we just, 
uh, got to the point where Ransom found out that she has dyslexia and he got her diagnosed, which was a huge thing because she's been told her whole life that she's stupid and she's not stupid. She actually has a really high IQ. She just can't like she just has trouble reading. So that was a big thing that just happened right at the end. And then a paparazzi almost caught them kissing. So they didn't kiss. And he chased down the paparazzi. And then that's kind of where we left off. Well, and then he says, let's go. And it seems yeah. like let's go. It's going to lead to more enough. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm really, I'm really into it. I just love her writing style. I think she's just an amazing author. I do Especially too. because she, she's so good at taking a character in the beginning that could be, you know, unlikable or whatever, and then transforming them throughout the story. True. And doing it in a way that feels natural. Yeah. Giving you more of a peek. I really like Ransom. I liked him from the very first. Like, I don't necessarily always like the way he treats her, but I feel like it's necessary for personal growth. Uh, maybe not every comment. Some of them are pretty harsh, especially because yeah. he doesn't know. But he doesn't know, so I'm going to give him slack. You know what, Ransom, though, he reminds me of Vicious from LJ yeah. which is my, like, two-date favorite book by LJ Shen. Yeah, I well, it's it's up there for me. He's one of my favorite characters. Period. The, Ransom, he's like, there's things that he does though that really kind of upset me, and like just like the total disregard. I I'm still conf okay. Let me know if you were confused at this point. So when she walked in and he's having sex in the hotel, what? Was it his room or her room? And why was she let into his room if he was in his own room? I don't think... I think his door was open because she wasn't supposed to be coming back. No, the um, the guard from downstairs used a key to let her in. So they're sharing a suite and she didn't have... So it's like, you know, that living room common area. And then uh -huh. they each have a bedroom... I get what you're saying. I've stayed in timeshares before. Yeah. So basically, that's how I was picturing it, though. So, like, they each had a bedroom maybe on opposite sides of the common area. His was open. And she thought, well, this looks like the bigger bedroom, so it's mine. And he had already taken that room. And he hadn't, yeah. like, maybe shut his bedroom door from the common area. And so she just walked in. That's how I it's was like, looking at it. It's like, he's kind of an idiot for thinking that she wouldn't come back. Like, I was wholly expecting him to wait for her anyways i agree that he was i think that i i think at that point his thought process was like oh well she's already seen it once so i don't really give a shit and also maybe he's trying to like get her to be disgusted or something by him because he really needs the attraction to her to go away i don't know i don't know that was just like I don't think he cared at that point just because yeah. it's, it's one and done. It's not like she can do anything where she can't say anything about his kings because he could just deny it and nobody's going to call him a liar over her. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. There's like, I, I'm sure he's going to have a big character development coming up 
in the second half of the book. There's just certain things that he's done where I'm like, you're such a dick. Like, oh, yeah. calm down. For sure. He's definitely an asshole. He's not really, like, you know, the hero. He's the anti-hero, I guess, whatever, of the story. But yeah. I don't know. I do like, I like him, him and his flaws. I have yeah, a thing I think- for vicious S characters. I can't. I just agree, like, with everything. I don't. I give them all of the slack. Yeah, if anybody hasn't read um, the majority of LJ Shen's works, she I've said in previous episodes, she has three series that go together. It starts with Vicious. Technically, it starts with Defy, but, I mean, Defy, Defy is, is a, a good starter novella. But I... Yeah, it's, it's a novella. It's really not that important to the story. But if you want to go technically in order, it's Defy and then Vicious, and then you'll kind of realize how the rest of the series go they all flow together um but it's worth the read 100 percent. some of my favorite books i've ever read so anyway um good series the kids series broke me a little bit yeah broken night is my favorite i did that one i know i hated it so bad i vicious is son's story that so i was really surprised how uh broken down each of the kids were because mm-hmm. you would think having two slightly more stable parents because I knew why all the parents were fucked up. Vicious's dad was abusive and just an all-around piece of shit. Uh, Trent was going through racism. Uh, all of like all of the parents' stories made sense. They were all broken little rich boys. And like whatever. But it was uh, the kids' stories, because you would think, like, all of them at least had good moms. I'm not saying the dads were emotionally mature, except for maybe Dean. Like, Dean was, I guess. Luna but- didn't have a good mom, though. Luna didn't have a good mom, though. She had Edie, though. And Edie was a great mom. Edie raised her from, like, five. Yeah, but she was fucked up from the start. And that's fine. But whatever. So Luna didn't talk. But for the most part, for the majority of her life, she had a stable, healthy parent. She was going through therapy. They were getting her help. Uh, but I don't, Knight was fucked up and he had the most stable parents. Like, obviously, Rosie and her health issue, sure. And the fact that he was adopted and, you know, all of that, whatever. But I feel like there could have been a lot more fucking therapy going on for the kids' books. Like, I, you have two parents who care about you. And not, not, never, not once did they be like, hey, maybe we should just as a group put all of these children in therapy because Dario was a fucking terror and she had no reason to be, there was nothing wrong with her life. Yeah, Other than the fact that she was being groomed by her teacher. I know. I know. I'm just saying. Oh. <laughs> but she also had <laughs> the fact that you just brushed that under the rug. Um, she had perceived slights against her though. Like, yeah, but they if they had put her in therapy, from like a young enough age, I feel like if you have the opportunity and money to put your kid in therapy from like day one, you should. But it made me think of something. So if you have read LJ Shen's other books, we were talking about how um, in Daria's book, I don't know, what's the name of that book again? Pretty Dar- Vicious Darling something. It had a skull on the cover. I don't know. Pretty something. Um, anyways. It's one of the second gen's books. And Courtney was saying, like, I don't understand why they didn't put her in therapy. 
a theme in her book was that she had a lot of perceived slights against her where she thought that people were, you know, doing her wrong or neglecting her or whatever for somebody else. And that was like a big theme in that book. It reminded me this book has a lot of those themes. I'm not saying that they're not slighting her and that they're not pushing her off or somebody else in this book. They, they are as far as we can see anyways, but it's interesting to see like the parallels in that one. She just thought it was happening and this one, it seems like it actually is happening. There, she's being pushed off for somebody else. Agree, that's true. Some of, I feel like some of her slights though, um, are a little overblown. Like not with yeah. parents, but like just everything else. I, I feel like she thinks that everything is coming down on top of her, and I would say maybe only seventy five percent of what's happening is actually happening and not just something she made up yeah i mean lj shen's a fantastic writer it could go either way it is pretty reckless the by the way pretty reckless i was like it's pretty something pretty <laughs> yeah. um yeah so i don't know it's just interesting to draw the parallel between the two because they're definitely the theme um connecting the two i agree i think i'm excited to jump back in so let's do that me too um, so I, if you're I have <laughs> If you're reading along with us, we're going to come back at the end of the book. So pause here. Okay, we are back. Yes. Anyways, the book was really good. So good. I think... I lost my train of thought. I'm still finishing my first cup of coffee. I just started my first cup of coffee. So if we sound like idiots, that's why. <laughs> We're not um, morning people, but I have shit to do this morning. And I'm a morning person. I'm not. I usually I'm wake a, up at 5 a.m. by choice. I used to be a morning person. And then after I had my youngest, I stopped. Like, I now I have insomnia. I can't go to bed before, like, 1130 at the earliest. Usually around 1 a.m. most days, though. Dang. Okay, so anyways, back to LJ Shen. <laughs> the queen. The book was really good. So she had ended up getting kidnapped by the Russians because of, like, a super sad story about how he accidentally killed his kid and, like, blah, blah, blah. He saved her and she kicked his ass to the curb. <laughs> Here's the thing. So I used to not like the stories where, like, they were apart. I used to not be the biggest fan. But in I feel like in some of them, like the C.P. Harris book that we read and this one especially, it's so necessary for personal growth, both on her part and his part. Because, like, I don't think – I think if she had stayed – she wouldn't have really been as independent. It would have just been like, oh, well, now she's just surviving off of his money and all of that stuff instead sure. of her family. And I, I really loved the growth that you saw in those chapters where they were not together. Yeah, I do like the ones where people get kicked to the curb. I like a really good grovel scene. I thought we got kind of gypped on that in this. True that. It was fine. 
I didn't have an issue with it, but like you know, looking back on it, because because we read them, but it it's a little different when we're doing it for the read-alongs and when we're just reading for pleasure, you know, because we're kind of looking at it with like a little bit more of a critical eye as far as like the story, how it flows, character development, all that. The there was little to no grov- groveling. No, it was just like one scene in the tattoo parlor and then she chased after him when he left. Also, he was extremely ill, passed out, woke up in the hospital, and that was all we know. Yeah. Like, they, it was very downplayed. I feel like that was n- not true to how we're used to seeing LJ Shen, right? No, I'm actually currently rereading the Boston Bell series. And holy shit, I just finished The Villain, which uh, probably one of the best works LJ Shin has ever put out. And the groveling in that. That was, one's like, a good one. Oh, so good. Yeah, it's just, um, I felt a little gypped at the ending. It was still very cute. She got her independence. Like, the main points were hit. But why even put him in the hospital at all? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no, why, I even, why even have him standing out in the cold at all? Like, it, it wasn't really a plot point. I agree. Not, not really. Yeah. It was just kind of thrown in there maybe to rush it along almost. I don't know. It, it was, happened so late. I mean, and then after so that, it was just so like fast. a few months or whatever of long distance between them. And then they moved in together. Which was cool. I really liked the um, resolution with the family, though. Yes. No, I thought all the important plot points were hit for sure. I don't have an issue with it. It was just a little weird now that I'm thinking back. I'm like, they didn't even give us his diagnosis. Like, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. Like, like literally, he opened, her eye- he opened his eyes, and instead of her saying, like, oh, my God, are you okay? She said, you were saying... <laughs> I forgot about that, yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> Bitch, I thought we had growth here. Like, <laughs> uh, I don't know if you could take away all the petty, but no, I agree <laughs> with you. Yeah, that was the only part that I was a little iffy about. Um, that's not a super good book, though. Yeah, if you do want more groveling, go read all of her other books. <laughs> Not She's all pretty of good them. At, I mean, I would say She's pretty good at writing a grovel scene. That's true. That so is. So I was true. a little disappointed with this one. Yeah. Like the kiss thief, the grovel scene in that one. Oh, oh my god! My favorites of all time. Um, I love that book so much. The villain, obviously. Uh, I'm rereading the monster now. I don't remember. I think there was a good one in this one too, though. I think so. That one wasn't my favorite. The villain was my favorite out of that series. Fair enough. Um, All right. Anyways, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. And we will see you next week. Bye.